well, I, I don't understand what this is. What is this DMF? I, I still don't understand. Well, I don't understand it myself either. It's, it's quite frustrating. What? Could somebody explain to me what the initials are? Well, I, I don't think they're going to. Well, let's watch the next one, shall we? I think we shall. Listen to me say, welcome to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yachts. This is episode... Let's start the show. Welcome to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yachts. This is episode 103, and this is The Wrestling Show. And I'm going to talk about, well, I'm going to talk about my going to AEW. I'm going to talk about Bray Wyatt being released. I'm going to talk about where I see CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. I'll talk a little bit about WWE, and uh, that will be it. So stay tuned. So Bray Wyatt has been released by WWE due to budget cuts. It's unfortunate because um, when I look at Bray Wyatt, here's a guy who came in as Husky Harris, and they didn't really do anything with him, went back, redeveloped himself, and became Bray Wyatt, and created this trio character, trio group with this folklore of this idea that um, Sister Abigail who we never met, and it was really interesting. It, it reminded me a lot of um, Cape Fear, and he was a great promo. And then when he came up to the main roster, they started bringing in all that supernatural stuff and the lights going out and all this stuff, and it's like, he didn't need that. He needed, his, his power was in his mind, and he needed to convert people, and they never did any of that. And then it got to WrestleMania um, 30, and they had the perfect way for him to win the match. The only time I think it would have really worked for a DQ finish. If Cena took the chair and just lambasted Bray Wyatt. Bray wins the match, but Cena actually has like a flaw in his character. And he has to overcome that in order to finally beat Bray Wyatt. But they didn't do that. Cena beat him just like he beats everybody, and they just went with... And then he beat him one time, and it was really in a fluke finish, and it was horrible. And then it was just a downward spiral from there. And then he had the feud with uh, Randy Orton, and they had the bugs on the mat at WrestleMania, and that was horrible. So, and then they did the Hardy thing, and they threw him in the river, and that was the last we saw of him. Then he reinvented himself as this Mr. Rogers-type character and became... Uh, and, and created The Fiend. And he went out and he created this interesting character. And when he first came out at SummerSlam to face Finn Balor, the music, everything was perfect. And he squashed Finn Balor. And then the next thing we knew, 
he was on to, you know, winning the belt. And they had a match at Hell in a Cell. And that match ended in DQ. And it was horrible. And we had Seth Rollins. And they they didn't do it right. And it was horrible. And I could not believe it. They had this wonderful, awesome character. And they had no idea what to do with it. And then they had this red light. And then they start all these spooky things. And it's like, that's not what we wanted to see. And then he just oversold everything. And he didn't sell anything, let's be honest. He just, you know, took like nine curb stomps and it didn't matter. So then it became really hard to have a match with him. The only matches that were really good were the Daniel Bryan matches and the Cena match, which was in a parallel world. And then he finally gets the belt back a year later. Or, well, not a year later, a couple months after... Um, losing it to, you know, Goldberg, which was horrible. That dropped, that made him lose thing. But then he got to beat Cena, so that gave him something. And then he went to, and then he got the belt back at SummerSlam. But then it was a returning Roman Reigns, and he was never, you know, the same again, as they kind of just threw the belt back on Roman, which was the right thing to do, but they just completely buried the fiend. Then he did this feud with Alexa Bliss, and it went nowhere. It was awful they just have no idea what they're doing so i'm happy that he's gone i mean it's sad i i heard he had some problems with um you know when brody lee died and you know if he has if he's still going through things you know that those are personal issues so i don't know what it is all i know is he was cut for budget reasons i'd like to see him come into aew i know some people don't want to see him because i know how creative a mind he has and fans need to realize the difference between somebody who's not good and somebody who's good but not given the chance to be as good as they could be and in wwe you're never given the chance to be as good as you could be because vince mcmahon is always breathing down your neck on how he wants things done and he really sabotaged the fiend he sabotaged bray wyatt he doesn't get it he doesn't get it he turned him into like an undertaker type character and he could have had some of those aspects, but he didn't need the hokey stuff, the disappearing, all this magic and stuff. He needed to be just crazy. And they just, they never went with that. And they never did any, did enough with it, as far as I'm concerned. It was always just lame storytelling. So I'd like to see him in AEW or in New Japan and see him reinvent himself and really get to do what he wants to do. Some people say that that's not a good idea. Maybe it won't be, but you know what? I'd rather see that than see what he's doing in WWE. And so that's where I sit on Bray Wyatt. I'm kind of excited in some ways because, I mean, look at what um, Aleister Black has become in, in AEW. It's great. So let's talk a little bit about it's. it was announced on AEW that they are running the United Center. The United Center is almost sold out. So they've almost sold out a 12,000-seat arena the United Center, which is where the Chicago Bulls play. I believe that's where, yeah. It's a huge, huge building, and they've already sold it out, and we all got to believe that that is where Punk is coming in. Punk is going to debut there, and I think it's going to be him and Kenny Omega at All Out. It's the best match to go with. Go with that. It's all in Chicago. You're only going to get this so many times. Do that. Save Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, for New York, for New York, New York can be that. That can be Daniel Bryan's, you know, coming in. Brian Danielson, we got to stop calling him Daniel Bryan. He is Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. 
And I, I'm excited because we this. I've always said that it only takes a spark to get wrestling hot. Well, that spark has happened, and we are seeing things just. Everything is getting hotter. Everything's getting more exciting. I can't wait to watch AEW. AEW is can't miss TV. WWE, they're spinning their wheels. Uh, they did a conference uh, call this week, and they said that their real competition is sleep. Yeah, sleep. And I guess the next competition will be eating. I mean, who talks like this? Um, uh, Brian Alvarez asked the question, does Elon Musk at a, at a conference call like this say, you know what, I think our... Uh, our true enemy is eating because you're not sitting, you're not driving your Tesla. I mean, it's just insane that this is the way they think. So as far as I'm concerned, and I'll say this again, Vince McMahon is either going to have to change or he is going to step down and this will be the end of him because things are changing. And by, I believe by November and actually by October, actually by September, I think they're going to be beating Raw and I think by November, they're going to be in competition with SmackDown. And Vince is going to really, you know, you know what he's going to do. He's going to bring back Brock Lesnar. He'll bring in Becky Lynch. But he won't fix the things that have caused this to begin with, the storylines. Oh, and then he'll probably, he might bring a, a Vince Russo back as a writer. And he'll probably fire Bruce. Bruce is the next on the chopping block. Um, so a lot of interesting things are happening. Wrestling is really exciting. And when we come back, I am going to talk about my time at AEW Live. This is Dynamite. So stay tuned. So I went to my first AEW show. In Charlotte, North Carolina. Sorry about that. It was a fight for the fallen. And it was interesting. I saw it at the Bojangles Arena, which is formerly the Cricket Arena. And this is a, an arena that, you know, Ric Flair and many of them came. The great thing about this arena is that there are no bad seeds. It's, you know, kind of like a black box theater in some ways. It's perfect. There's, there's just really no no bad seats. Um, they were close to sold out. I think there was like a thousand or so tickets left, but it did really well. And the crowd was electric and they were fun and they knew what they were talking about. Um, I saw one kid who had a sign that says WWE fears AEW. I thought that was funny. And I said, you're right. They do. Um, criticisms about it. They had no merchandise. The only merchandise they had were AEW-specific shirts, not specific wrestler shirts, which to me was kind of um, kind of a letdown. I ended up getting a, tote, a little bag, a little like drawstring bag that says AEW on it, but I liked it. It was nice, and it gave me something to put things in. Um, nice, nice atmosphere. Um, the show started with um, AEW Elevation, so they brought out you know Big Show and Tony Khan came out and talked and stuff. It was nice. Um, they had um, what is it? They had uh, uh, Crock Dave Crockett uh, came out and actually did commentary on AEW Elevation, so I thought that was pretty cool. 
Um, they gave the uh, the money some money from fundraising in uh, in Charlotte. But let's get to the show. So, fight for the fallen. The show starts. We start off with what I thought was going to be the main event, and that's the great thing about AEW. You never know what you're going to get. So, there we go. We got the ten man tag, and if the if Cowboy wins, he gets an AEW world title shot as well as the Dark Order getting a tag title shot. So this was an awesome match. This is one of the best matches I've seen live. Um, just the the feeling of it, the atmosphere, everything. They introduced Cowboy and the Dark Order with this cool uh, video package of them on the farm. The people next to me were just going crazy. Uh, then we had Omega come out, and they all had their things, and they started playing the Space Jam theme. <laughs> and then they had the the Elite Squad shirts, so they were basically a takeoff of Space Jam. This was just great. Um, hard hitting, you know, it was elimination. It came down to Omega and, uh, let me see here, what do I have on my notes here? It came down to Omega and uh, one of the box. Um, yeah, he pinned Matt. He pinned Matt, um, but he was not able to um, beat uh, Nick. Nick and uh, and Omega pretty much double teamed him. Uh, he had he had two uh, V triggers. Um, well, actually, first he hit him with the belt. That, that was kind of the thing, and it was an odd. Everyone thought that was the end, two count, but then he hit the two V triggers, one wing and angel, and we were all like, he's not kicking out of that. One, two, three, that's it. Uh, Pac was interviewed. Um, that was interesting. Uh, then we had Ricky Stark's FTW celebration, which you just knew basically um, it was the countdown to when Brian Cage comes down and throws everything around, which he did. Um, only problem with Brian Cage is he just doesn't have that intimidation factor. He's huge, but he doesn't feel threatening to me, and he needs to fix that. Then the next thing we saw was Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, saying that he will be challenging the winner of Lance Archer and Hukaleo. I think that's how I pronounced the name. Then we had FTR versus Santana and Ortiz, proud and powerful. They had Conan and Tully Blanchard. This was a nice match. The problem was the crowd was still a little tired from that awesome 10-man tag. So they hadn't settled from that. Um, that Harwood, um, they hit a sheer drop on Brain Buster on Ortiz for the clean win. Uh, Wheeler got hurt during the match, so this wasn't really the planned finish. And you could kind of see this. Uh, Britt Baker did a uh, promo backstage. That was the only thing I didn't get to see was Britt Baker. Uh, Tony Schiavone, you know, comes out, the then big announcement, and the announcement was that on Friday, August 20th, AEW Rampage, the first dance, will be held in the United Center. Everyone pretty much knew this meant CM Punk is coming, as Punk chants were radiating throughout the entire Bojangles Coliseum. Like, now they call it the Bojangles Coliseum. Uh, we used to call the Charlotte Coliseum. That was the arena that WWE used to run, but it was destroyed. Now we have the Time Warner Arena in downtown Charlotte. But this this is a great place to be. They love the history, so this was the perfect place to be. Darby Allen and Sting were backstage, uh, and he said that, you know, people here have to prove themselves even if they're the best in the world. 
basically implying CM Punk. Then we had the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match, Lance Archer versus Hikaleo, with King Haku, who was Ming, who got a huge uh, pop. Um, this was kind of a boring match, though. wasn't great. Um, but Archer ends up winning with the blackout in the center of the ring, retains. Then Cody Rhodes is at the gorilla position, and Malachi Black attacks him. He comes out. They they fight and brawl. Cody's getting booed, and uh, th- that's kind of like his hometown. Because, uh, Cody lived in Charlotte for quite a while. And, um, yeah, Malachi Black was super over. Uh, Christian Cage and Jurassic Express versus HFO. Um, they ended up, we ended up having uh, Angelico and Quinn uh, before Frog Splash, but Lucha. It was the Frog Splash from Christian that got the win. Good match. Um, then Blade um, laid out Christian with the brass Knoxville, so that's going to be Christian and the Blade. Uh, Nick Gage uh, video played. He was really over in the crowd. There were a lot of shirts of uh, MKD or... Yeah, I think that's what they call him. Um, Thunder Rosa had her first match against Julia Hart. Nice little match. Sets up some things. Uh, then we had John Moxley backstage saying that he's going to face somebody from New Japan and, you know, got a nice little promo. And then MJF came out and was joined for commentary. Well, actually, first Chris Jericho and Nick Gage came out. And then MJF came out. This is a no-rules match. This was awesome to watch live. Uh, we had a lot of chance of carve him up everything people wanted to see blood the guy next to me was a little squeamish to blood uh gage came out with the pizza cutter they bled all over the place he cut him with this pizza cutter then they brought out the light tubes then he brought out an even bigger light tube i think the little light tubes were maybe gimmicked i don't know maybe just uh, so that they don't have the, the fluorescent stuff in there that could cause cancer um that was the only thing that i think and then the big uh light tube thing and that was it. He penned him. Uh, Jericho hits the um, it's the Judas effect. One, two, three. He's on to labor three, which we find out is Juventud Guerrero. He got a good pop. He wasn't out there. Interesting stuff. So that's the next match. Um, this was fun. Uh, when Jericho came out, everybody sang his song. It was it was really fun. It wasn't like it was a WWE crowd that like didn't know anybody they knew everything and they were excited and i i have this is one of my favorite live events i've gone to then the next match thing we had was AEW dark and that was like nine matches so you were there for another two hours until uh moxley came out and then it ended with uh eddie kingston this was the 100th episode of AEW dark it was fun crowd was fun but a lot of people were leaving by then because it was just it's already like 10 o'clock, 11, you know, you just started seeing people kind of file out. But the interesting thing that happened here is the Elite beat the Dark Order, so I got to believe it's CM Punk versus Chicago's own CM Punk. I think that's the right way to go. They've got a sold-out building. Start building to that. That's the way to go. Um, AEW uh, Elevation had uh, had Darby versus um, I forget who he fought, but um, oh, one of the Bear Country guys, and uh, Sting and them. Sting was out there, so that was cool to see Sting. 
It was a fun show. I really enjoyed it. I have no complaints. I would have liked to have seen Britt Baker, but we got to see John Moxley. Got to see everybody. They brought everybody out. Tony Khan, Ed, Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross. Jim Ross, they played the Sooners theme. It, it was fun. A lot of fun. I I, I was really en- enjoyed that show, and I can't recommend enough going to an AEW show because it's a lot of fun. You're, you don't feel like you're placement for just a crowd. Like uh, w, the last event I was at for WWE was a Raw, and I fell asleep during it because it was so boring. So that's what I saw. AEW was great. And when we come back, I'll talk a little bit about WWE. So let's talk a little bit about WWE. I'm not going to run down Raw because Raw is just absolutely awful. Um, they made uh, A.S.H. Uh, Cross, Ash Cross, just look stupid with uh, Charlotte. Charlotte beat her down, made fun of her, beat her down again. Uh, you know, just awful. They need Becky Lynch, but apparently Becky is not coming back till October. I did not know that, so... This is the last Raw I'm going to watch fully until they give me a reason to watch because it is not must-see TV. It is, I can't wait to miss this TV. I can't wait to miss this program because it's awful. It's horrible. I don't want to watch it. Um, So I got nothing good to say about uh, Raw. They've just, Charlotte is like the Triple H of WWE now, the Stephanie McMahon of WWE. They use her to bury everybody. She beats everybody. She gets, you know, her heat on them. They get no heat. They get no, nothing on her, and then it's just over. Uh, the baby faces always look horrible. They don't come off better. I don't know who has come off better working with Charlotte. Not even Becky Lynch, although she may be the exception because that's when the crowd turned on uh, Charlotte and they forced Becky to be the person. But they've continued to try and insert Charlotte into everything. But apparently, um, looks like Becky is going to be going to SmackDown. Uh, Cena is the highlight of Raw in SmackDown. I, I can't believe that. I can't. I, you're talking to somebody who absolutely despises John Cena. His run from 2005 to 2016 just absolutely hated everything he did. But he is the best thing on the show. He's entertaining. He's funny. It's like he doesn't care anymore. So he pretty much is doing what he wants to do. And I like it. This has been good. And he has the perfect foil in uh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns pretending like I don't want... They're the perfect antagonists for each other. Because Cena is the exact opposite of Roman Reigns. It's kind of sad. Because I feel like there's nothing left for Roman Reigns after this. So let's talk about the thing that happened on SmackDown. Uh, Roman Reigns is going to have the, he's going to sign, the, he signs the contract for SummerSlam. Finn Balor comes out. He's about to sign. Baron Corbin attacks him. Then Cena gets in there and he signs the contract. So now it is John Cena versus Roman Reigns. And Roman had the greatest like little look. He just kind of closed his eyes like, I can't believe he did this to me. It's the perfect character for Cena to go after. Problem is, after Roman Reigns beats him, who is there left other than Rock or Brock Lesnar? 
They've got they've built nobody up. Um, I guess it's nice that they're saving the Finn Balor match for after. But um, if Cena loses, I feel like that's just going to be like a, people are just going to be like, well, there's nothing left. Who cares? He's beating everybody. Um, with no Bray Wyatt. I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of feel Cena has to win and have like a short run and then drop it back to Roman in order for people to feel happy because if he just runs through Cena, I, I don't. I, I just feel like it's going to destroy everyone's feeling because there's nothing on this show. Nobody cares. Uh, Matt Riddle is getting really interesting pops, but they're not doing anything with it. I, I hope they are noticing this and realize that at Royal Rumble, he's the guy who should win the Royal Rumble. He's the guy who should win the championship. He's your guy. Go with him. But they're not going to. Or they're not going to go willingly with him. But he's the guy I'd go with. Um, there's no Brian Danielson. Daniel Bryan, you know, hopefully Brian Danielson will be back on my television screen September 22nd. But, uh, yeah, August uh, 20th is uh, when we're going to have the first, the second episode of Rampage in the United Center, and it's CM Punk. See, I can't even talk about WWE without talking about AEW because there's nothing going on in WWE other than Cena and Roman. And I think it'll be an interesting match, but if Cena loses, it's going to be like, okay, back to the drawing board. What else is new? Nothing else. We don't have anything else. So uh, I don't know what to say. Um, it looks like it's going to be Karrion Cross versus uh, Samoa Joe. That'll be interesting. I'll like that match. And um, it looks like we're going to have uh, Walter on the takeover. So that takeover actually will be good. And I'm excited for that. Um, they, I heard rumors that uh, Jeff Hardy did not get COVID. Uh, Karrion Cross would have lost again to him. I don't understand this booking. Uh, Keith Lee lost. Um, again, he lost. Oh, he lost to Karrion Gross. I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I just don't know. I don't know where this is going anywhere. Oh, and then Matt Riddle lost, too. The guy who is getting over. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand this booking. I don't understand this philosophy. I don't understand who this gets over. It doesn't do anything. It makes everyone just look like a joke. And they just won't fix it and the man you know from that investors call you know sleep is our competition okay well guess what sleep is gonna win because your show is boring even smackdown was boring i don't see where they're going other than cena and roman that's it and we got sasha banks is back and so it's gonna be bianca belair versus sasha and i don't know i guess sasha wins or are they gonna have bianca go after there's nothing building to anything there's nothing anybody cares about it's just boring, boring, boring. Boring and boring and boring. Asuka, they've devalued. Io Shirai, I hope, never goes up there because they're never going to use her right. It's just a horrible show. It's the worst wrestling. AEW is starting to become must-see television, and WWE is becoming just the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It's like WCW 2000 inherited WWE, and uh, WCW 1996 to 97 inherited AEW. They split. I don't understand it. I don't understand where the programs are going. I think Vince McMahon has lost his mind because he's beaten everybody. And Roman has bought, beaten everybody. And there's nowhere for Roman to go other than The Rock and Brock Lesnar. So you fed the entire roster. It, it's boring. Roman's awesome, but he's got no destination other than rock, and it's really lame. 
So they better get Rock here soon because I don't see where this goes. And then he's probably not even going to lose. He's just going to, you know, turn face. Oh, I can't wait. It's just the worst show in the world. That's all I can say about WWE. I don't know what else to say. If you like WWE, don't listen to this show because I don't like WWE. I don't like the way they run things. I don't like the way they do anything. I don't like their booking. I can't say anything good about them. Uh, their merchandise department is pretty good because I bought a shirt for a friend and um, I had to change the address and they helped me do that. So shout out to them. The merchandise department, you're good. Everything else is horrible. I see Bruce getting fired, and I see Vince Russo coming back, or a Brock Lesnar coming back. Those are the things he's going to try and do. Bring back nostalgia. And with that, I can't recommend enough AEW, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening, as always, and I will see you next time on the DMF. interesting episode apparently he went to the show yes apparently they go to these uh things uh they congregate around them they weren't able to do it for a year or so because of a a disease called covid i, I don't understand it but apparently they could have wiped it out but they didn't do anything about it yes it's very strange here yeah. well I guess we'll have to see as we keep running down this new thing that we have discovered called the DMF. <laughs>